It's right here. I got my chest, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. All right, guys. Well, I guess we could get started. Uh, first, I just kind of want to say thank thank you, Mike. Thank you, Romo, for taking the time out of your day, you know, making time for the show. Uh, first episode, last one was just kind of get everything together, kind of making little clips and stuff like that. But it's really cool to just get with everybody, you know, just kind of talk since, you know, we I can't get, you know, with y'all as often. But mm -hmm. it's really cool to take the time to just do this every, you know, once a month or something like that. So. I appreciate that. For and, sure, man. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, even to, like, just kind of shout out to, like, people I've been adding on Facebook. It's pretty cool, honestly, just to kind of see. Um, I've been adding everybody and anybody I knew we went to school with. It's kind of weird. Like, I see everybody that's pregnant, having babies, fucking promotions and shit. I see people that I never thought would have been in, like, a church setting, and they're, like, fucking pastors and shit. It's, it's insane. <laughs> But um, shout out to everybody that's doing good and doing yeah yeah of course like that's what mm -hmm. I'm saying is so fucking weird. I went through Rombos and fucking Fabian stuff and I'm like oh look I remember this guy I fucking add him and I'm like holy shit this dude is not what I expected you know it's it's yeah. pretty crazy. Um yeah did y'all think so just kind of getting to that like how everything turned out and how y'all's life turned out how did you ever think you'd be in this position you are right now? Uh, I mean, having kids and all that, I, I've always wanted having kids. Uh, I had my first one at 26, which was two years sooner than my own, like, mental plan of things. Like, I wanted 28, have a kid, and another one two years later, 30. And I wanted to cut off at two. And, uh, I had my oldest, Josiah, at 26. Then we had Jameson, I think I was 29. Yeah, he's, he's going to be two this year. Fuck, so, I'm behind. To me, that was, like, for me, I was like, okay, that's cool. Now, you know, the world's a different place than it was three, four years ago, and it's always changing. But right now, I'm like, shit, dude, I don't know how I'm going to afford a third child. And my wife, I love my wife so much, but she wants a third one. I'm like, babe, I don't know how we're going to make it with three. Like, geez, dude, like, it's Damn. hard enough with two. We, we do all right in life, you know, but that third person that I, I try and put it in perspective like baby we give the life I, I i would hope that we give the life to our children that i've always wanted or the one at least that i grew up with which i felt was pretty blessed but For having sure. a third one i don't want to i don't want to hinder all three children at that point to have less of what they're what i want them to have you know like less, no, less than what the first two are already getting used to yeah. and have the third and we do less of what they've seen and the third one grows up and i don't want any type of resentment for my children even though they're children they, they they may or may not remember but i remember and that's my biggest thing like i don't even even the time too you know like that's mm -hmm. extra they, they're to, already grown to, like now you have a baby too right. so it's, it's hard I, I you have to dedicate that. time yeah but uh yeah this is the kids man i mean like life-wise i didn't know what i was going to be in life i remember growing up wanting to be an architect because i love you know i love that kind of thing i like drawing i like doing draft all that stuff and I ended up in the bank and uh, been doing that for a little over 10 years now. And from what I've been told, according to the leaders that I've had in my life and the mentors, they're like, dude, you're good with numbers. You're good with analytics. Like, run with that. And uh, I know I told y'all, but I'll tell people, listen, I, I got a recent certification when it comes to problem solving and analytical problem solving. Uh, so. Yeah, man, that's I dope. Congratulations again, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Congrats. Appreciate it, man. No, it's just, uh, it's, I, again, I, 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 I've done it my whole life. The, the certification for those that listen to this, it's called a Lean Six Sigma, and it's just a fancy way of saying you're, in, you're a certified problem solver. You are able to come down to a root cause or multiple root causes of a problem, and you come up with solutions. So you use numbers and data of months of something that's wrong to figure out what the issue is, and you come up with solutions. and uh, I was able to do that very successfully and I got the certification, but I've always done that my whole life. I've always been the, uh, my, my father taught me to say, Hey, work smarter, not harder. And that's literally one of the mottos of lean six Sigma work Hell smarter, yeah. not harder, become efficient and cut the waste of an issue to make it a successful product, whatever it may be, whatever type of line of work you're in. So that's one of the more recent things that I've done. And I'm looking forward to my future with, you know, problem solving and more so risk management 
my wife is going to school now, which is a blessing for her. And once she's done with her school, I'll work on the uh, additional certifications with Six Sigma. And I want to go back to school for risk management, the degree in risk management, just to have it all kind of tie all together. And is this like school, like what what they they send you to? Like, is it for company wise or is it like school, school, like going to college and stuff? Getting. Yeah. So so this. So the Six Sigma certification is something that the company offers that most people have to pay for, but the company has numerous uh, high-level ranks for Six Sigma. They're called master black belts, essentially instructors, that if they certify you, then it's a valid certification. And that's what happened for me is that I had four of them tell me that it was valid. So they certified me as a yellow belt, which sounds like karate and all that, but it ain't. It's just just the work thing. Hell yeah. And uh, it's, they said it was good. They they were very impressed. And if everything works out, I'll be able to get to the level I want to be, which is the next one up, which is a green belt. But aside from all that, my, my mental plan in the next five to 10 years is my wife finishes her school. She gets to get her degree, which I really wanted to get it very badly. And I'll be able to get that green belt plus an additional management certification. And then my actual degree uh, from school in risk man- risk management. So I have certifications showing that I have the work and the skill, but also a degree to back it up. So hopefully eight to 10 years from now, money will just be falling in my pocket. You know what I mean? So there you go. Yeah. And I know you kind of have it similar to Miguel, just because you have babies as well. I'm the kind of odd man out. Don't have any children yet and just kind of hold it back, see what happens. But you're you're doing well for yourself too, Mister. Uh, owning your own restaurant pretty soon, I imagine. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the goal. Um, didn't really know what I was gonna get into. Um, coming out of high school, went to college, did the whole. I don't know. I guess you can call it college experience. Um, had my fun. Took some classes. Um, and then, um, I had already been in the restaurant industry previous to that. And I jumped in it during college and I just kind of stayed in it and, then um, kind of fell in love with it. Not kind of, I really fell in love with it, built a passion for it. And then I just wanted to be the best at whatever position I was in. So, you know, from front of house to back or from back of house to front of house and then, um, bartending, bar bag, bartending, server, and then started taking leadership positions. Uh, but no, if you would have asked me, you know, if I would have, I, I don't know, 18 year old Miguel was way different from, uh, yeah, what man. am I, 31? <laughs> you know? <laughs> We're all so, forgetting. Yeah, so it, 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 I, I, I didn't know. I, I knew that obviously as any kid um, coming from the positions that we were in, we just wanted to be successful and we just wanted to make it and we just didn't want to, you know, we knew that we had to do something in order to kind of break that, I guess, um, pattern cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, just become the hardest worker wherever you are. That's it. And then, you know, there's, there's a quote by, um, Dana White, and he's being at he's in a podcast and he's and he's like going off and he's like nowadays like even if you're just like our kids like let's say Romo's kids my kids and then your future kids like in the future like even if you're just remotely savage you're going to be able to make it because the job market the way or the labor i should say the the labor right now is just pitiful Mm, it is a bunch of entitled bitches no one that wants to work for work anything. Hard. They're stupid as shit. Like, they're so fucking stupid. Like, it, it is mind-blowing um, how stupid they are. And they have no ambition. They have no... Uh, they have no farsightness or... or uh, they're just short-sighted, I should say. Um, and it's mind-blowing. And uh, <clears throat> it's getting worse and worse. And, you know, you've got these kids on social media crying about an eight hour shift at Starbucks. It's like, are you shitting me right now? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's where you draw the line. Like this is too much work for me at eight hour shift. I was working eight hour shifts when I was 16 years old at Wendy's, man. Come on. Shit. Dude. At 15 years old, I was at the wash tub under the Texas sun. Yep. Yeah. No breaks, no nothing working, you know, in high school and having multiple jobs during high school, 
like not giving a shit, being a fry cook at a Sonic and then washing dish or washing cars on the weekends all at the same time. Like, but then these kids come in and it's just like, they don't have anything to offer. Um, so I don't know. There's a huge bubble in the labor market right now. Um, I yeah. think wages are super inflated. Um, I think there's going to be a bubble pop in pretty soon. And, but I don't know because that's all we have is this new generation of labor that mm-hmm. is, uh, but anyway, for, if for kids, like hopefully our kids that we raise, if they're just minutely savage, they're going to be the ones on top oh, because yeah. everybody yeah. else sucks. Yeah. So there's, there's, they have some there's a good ethic. side to all this, right? If everyone yeah. else sucks horribly, then you just, you know, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't know I was going to be running restaurants at 31 years old. I became a GM, I think, at like 25, 26 years old. And I yeah. remember when I became GM at my first restaurant, everyone was like, how the hell did you do it? Like, you're the youngest GM. Hard work, met. motherfucker. Like, I, I broke my ass day, for this even shit. At, even at 31 years old, I, it's still very hard for me to find another GM of a fine dining restaurant that is around my age group, I should say. <coughs> yeah. Um, but even at 26 or 27, I can't, yeah, 26, I think it was, um, everyone was just like mind blown. Like you're a GM or a fine dining restaurant. Like what, like, how'd you do it? I showed up to work, man. Every single position I was put, I wanted to be the best and that's it. No. And in that mindset, uh, with you, Mike, I, I know you well enough that you are also, I'm real, ever since I learned about the whole certification, I told you about, I'm not going to repeat it, but you're a problem solver yourself and you were given situations from what I recall you telling me that, hey, you're going to have to pick up this dump, quote unquote, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but you're picking up this dump of work that's a restaurant that's failing and you make it work because you're a yeah. problem solver. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you cut out unnecessary processes, unnecessary labor that's needed because some people ain't cut out for the jobs and you got to make that, the cuts where needed to make it successful. So that came from our childhood, getting ourselves into trouble and getting out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <so>. Hell yeah. <laughs> How do you think, uh, no, no shit. How do you think since, you know, obviously we're all married now, besides the kid part, we're all married. And, uh, how do you think your significant other kind of plays a role in what you've accomplished so far and how, how you've done it, you know? Huge role, huge role. I'm going to jump on that question. Um, she's the one that you'll listen to this later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just in case you're listening, babe, I love you. Dude, no, but uh, credit where credit is due. She she's the one who um, was was basically sat me down and said, "You you get your fucking shit straight, or we're done." Right? Oh yeah. And um, there was a point where we separated, and it was because I got into trouble, and uh, I was like, "Fuck that," you know. Um, so I got my shit straight, and then you know, every even to this day now. Like she still pushes me uh, to do better, to be bigger, to be stronger, faster, better, um, a better father, a better um, you know general manager, whatever you want to call it, um, everything. So even to this day, she's still pushing my ass to 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 be bigger, and uh, she doesn't she doesn't cut me no slack, which That's is good because uh, I don't do well with slack. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hang yourself with the rope, huh? Get out. Those dogs, I think. Yeah. yeah. Where's children? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Nah, with my wife, she she she's uh she's my biggest supporter. Um, I can I can say I can't recall, and maybe there has been a point where she's told me to get my shit together, and there was at one point in time, and it was for unrelated work reasons, just me fucking up while I was a little younger. We're talking before we were married and barely together. I think we were together maybe a year or so, and. There was a point in time where she was going to leave and and uh, I asked her not to and she didn't. And since then, I've really stepped it up in my own life. Like, hey, I got to do more. And then, of course, as soon as my I found out we were having a kid, which freaked me the fuck out. Like, I, I just didn't know I was going to be ready. I never thought I would be ready. And in reality, you're never really ready. You just make it happen. You make it work. And Facts. that's what I that's what I did. And I am where I am now because of my wife and my kids and with the certain, you know, the things I'm doing now, the things I'm trying to push myself more, it's not things that she has to push me for, but she's my biggest supporter. She's all, dude, I know you can do it, babe. You're, 
you're smart. You know this better than a lot of people. So yeah, go go and get it. And that's what I do. And I I, I can only ask for somebody that's going to be in my corner when it comes to things that I love and things that I'm now have found a passion for. And uh, I just wish I I just wish I would have found the passion sooner because I know she would have been in my corner from day one. You know, it just for sure a little yeah. time to figure out what I'm good at. The, so the power of the toxicas. Yeah, man, the toxic Damn, yeah. We we'll, we won't talk about them. There's no need to bring any of that shit up. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't need to be getting in trouble, man. That's I relate to both cuz uh yeah, everything that I've done to this point has really been like a push from her and um just like getting in trouble at a younger age and uh actually probably affecting my future as far as like what I could do in the future, um, having felonies and whatnot, uh, really like got pushed to finish school for cutting hair, getting both of my licenses, cosmetology and barber, and her just being by my side and actually letting me um, do that, never letting me quit. You know, two years went by before I even got it all done, and uh, it was rough. But you know, now we're on the verge of actually having our uh, own barber shop and. We're working at a really good one now where we, you know, own a skate shop too. So it's, uh, it's flowing pretty well and we're just trying to create a business plan where we can actually maybe expand, have our own thing. And she's always right beside me. She's cutting hair right beside me right now, you know? So that's a, that's a, just a push in the right direction as far as maybe even compatibility and a lot of communication that I had to work on myself. Cause that was never really my fucking strong suit. And, uh, I always did yeah. what I wanted to do, so it's kind of hard. That's an everyday thing, man, for yeah. sure. The, uh, but I think that's a, that's, a, that's a typical like issue that I think men struggle when they get into serious relationships is the communication aspect of it. Yeah. I know I did, you know, and I, I, you know, just talking about that, if you're agreeing, like, you know, it's, it's, it was rough for me, just, uh, money relationship, like, you know, Hey, you just got to talk, use your words, you know, that's it. Yeah. But they say, uh, finances are like over half of the reason for divorce. Who is that? It's like 70%. It's ridiculous, man. It's because there's a lack of communication and they say the reason that finances are an issue is like 90% because nobody talks about it. It's just more something that just ends up being eyeballs in debt before you actually start to have this, have a discussion about those kind of things. And I don't, I don't, nobody likes having that conversation with your significant other. Like, Hey, like we got to cut back on this, cut back on that because yeah. you want your spouse and they want you to be happy and you want to spend what you want to spend. But at some point in time, you're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we gotta, we gotta be smart about it. And it's a challenge, but back to the point of every day, it's a, it's a challenge with my wife of, both of us just having communication in general finances being one thing but there's numerous things in your life where you have to communicate your feelings but you can't get emotional about it because then it it ruins the whole point of having a conversation yeah when you start getting emotional you get that biased opinion of yourself they have the biased opinion of their own and there's no ego starts popping out it's it's conflict yeah Mm -hmm. It's a challenge every day, but I, I try and live by something my dad taught me. And I always bring up my dad. You guys know that. But uh, even with my mom, he tells me, really, son, it's been 30 years. And, you know, it's been communication. And there's things that she still does that nothing things, some things don't ever change. But at the end of the day, you have to look at it as a team. It's not a competition between you oh, two. Yeah. It's a team effort. So anytime there's anything that goes where maybe i do agree maybe i don't agree nine times out of ten it's like oh, i don't want to do that but i'll tell my wife you know what team romo we're team like we're Fuck gonna yeah. do it because it's gonna it's gonna work out we're a team team romo and uh that's just uh it, it's something that just eases any conversation like rather than me bitch about it or argue about it i'll try to say hey, it's team romo we'll just do what you gotta do we gotta oh, do it yeah hey uh and, i uh, was kind of gonna say it though but what what are some ticks y'all have like what what is it that just Damn it! Why do you do that shit? Like you just piss oh, me. Spending, bro. <laughs> spending. Spending. Uh, that's buying, me. Buying I like to spend. She. She's a fucking. She'll <laughs> save the motherfucking fifty cents she's till frugal. the end of the world, bro. Like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love my, my to spend. My wife likes to buy. She likes to buy. You know, jewelry from boutiques. New dresses, new new blouses, 
Uh, not so much shoes anymore because I said, dude, we we don't have room in the closet for the shoes. So now she's finding room on the racks for clothes. So for purses, <laughs> she comes home with yeah, purses yeah. and shit. Aww. Oh no, she don't do that. No, most most of the stuff she wants is you know high dollar designer, and I get it. But you guys know me, I'm not I'm not like that. I dress as I I shop at fucking Walmart to get my clothes, bro. Oh hell fuck. yeah, <laughs> facts. But uh, my wife, uh, <laughs> she likes that stuff, and I don't, and I want to give it to her as much as I can, but. It's it's challenging when you know she's always buying five dollar, ten dollar accessories from here and there, a uh, blouse that's thirty dollars and here and there, and she says it's on sale. I'm like, okay, it's on sale, but you're you're, you're buying it. We could have bought you what you want if you would have waited like three three to four weeks of saving those fifty dollars. We could have got you something that's two hundred, three hundred dollars. You know, compromise, <laughs> man. It's a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's okay. the biggest thing with us. And then um, as far as parenting, we're we're both pretty on par now. At first, it was um she wanted to do more of the gentle parenting thing and yes i i can't disagree some kids work out that way but a lot of kids or at least in my experience with the kids that i have the gentle parenting was i could see right away they were like taking advantage of me and i yeah not about that one no you're not gonna you're not gonna i'm your i'm your dad you're in my house you gotta obey the rules and they're that's kids. the structure for me they're growing for me, they're learning just, you're, they're, you're they're giving smart. kids a structure yeah. that actions have consequences and when it first started with them not giving consequences, it just got worse. So I was like, yep, we're not doing that no more. And my wife got on board probably about maybe a year and a half in, two years with Josiah. When he started being able to communicate a little more and all that, yeah. he realized, and I told him, babe, he's taking advantage of you because he doesn't do that shit with me. He does it with you. Yep. So she, yeah. she started to put the foot down and he listens a little bit better with her. Now with our second, that's on the, like, he's here. He sees Josiah. He's he's such a quick learner now because he had somebody to see, you know, his older brother and learn from him. But he has some fucking attitude on him, dude. So there's a lot of times where there's toys on the table and he just fucking tosses it. He tosses it back. Uh, I'm like, uh, and I'll tell him, James. Throw that shit back at him. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I'll tell him, Jameson, no, don't do that. And he'll just stare me down, you know. He's reading me, trying to understand it, but trying to see, like, if I do it again, like in my mind, I'm thinking, if I do it again, it's what a are you standoff. It's a standoff. Yeah, look at yeah. me, and I'll stare him down. I was like, "You better not do it." He'll grab another toy and look at me, and then hold it. And then right when I look away, he's tossing it. So I don't spank him, but I'll go up to him. I'll grab his hand and just flick it. Like I told you not to do that. Yeah, I'll flick his little hand. I told you not like like a, a beating. It's just hey, I said yeah. to stop that. And it's not. It's hard enough to where he. It's not. It doesn't leave any marks or anything. But it's more of he. He gets upset because why would you do that to me? You know, like why would you? Why would you flick me? He, he does a quick <laughs> cry. I, like, I told you to stop, son. Like don't and start crying. What's nice is that. You know, what happens is that Josiah will see it and he says, "Dad told you to stop." And then he looks at his brother and stops crying. So like he's learning. He's like, you should know better because you've seen me get flicked. You've seen me get a little spank. Why are you trying to do that? Because you know Dad's gonna do it to you. And it's a little bit harder because he's younger and I don't, I'm not as disciplined with Jameson that I am with Josiah, the older one, because Josiah at this point, he knows, he knows that I'm, Hey, if I tell you once, if I tell you twice, the third time I get there, there's no, there's no forgiveness. I'm going to commit to what I told you I'm going to do. If I say, I'm going to take your toy away. I'm going to take your tablet. I'm going to give you a little flick. I'm going to commit to it. With Jameson, it's a little bit more, but Josiah's already telling me, Jameson, listen, Jameson, listen to dad. Like, He's not playing around. Like, don't don't try and test them. <laughs> don't poke the bear. Don't poke yeah, the bear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Shit. he's learning. And again, it, it's it's a uh, it's just kids being kids. But there's that structure that I'm trying to teach them of. There's when you do something, no matter what it is, positive or negative, an action has a consequence. If any of my kids do something great, there's praise, there's snacks, there's whatever you want, and that's what I want to teach them. Like, no matter what you do, if it's the right thing, you're gonna get something rewarding if it's the wrong thing you should think twice before you do it because i'm telling you now it's not going to be a good thing i'm trying to give you advance notice it's not it's not the right thing to do shit i'm i'm putting my money on miguel's probably going to have a harder time with his girls (laughs) i got two boys i I, I swear it's like and they twins oh my god Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a learning curve it is a learning curve already um, it's a blessing would and a say, curse. Would you say I said it's going to be a curse, or I'm, I'm sorry, it's going to be a learning curve. No, I, I heard you, but I was going to ask, would you say uh, Narda's more of the stricter parent, or is it you? 
I'm the enforcer. There you go. It's always yeah. the dad, bro. It's always the freaking dad, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. And I, it's, I've it's already crazy. told them, it's I'm like, to nah, know. you're, you're going to be the mean one, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I don't know. They, Nard is an amazing mother, but they, um, they're daddy's girls already. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see it, right? And, uh, so they're trying to melt you before you have to enforce anything? Yeah. But, I mean, even though I'm the kind of harder on them a little bit, but sometimes I give in a little too fast, and I'll just be like, all right, here, take it, you know, like, whatever. So sometimes I do give in, and then sometimes I won't. Just kind of depends on the situation, how I feel about it. But, yeah, they're, they're yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Raising them. We'll see how it goes, but <laughs> um, they're already getting kicked out of daycare. Oh. So... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had like a scare this past week. Um, apparently, they weren't napping. So when that happens, they like are crying and yelling and stuff like that because they don't want to nap. So then all the other kids aren't able to nap. Disrupting. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, um, and then they've been sent to the principal's office or whatever you want to call it. Man, that's that um, Quetzal's blood, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I was really hoping that because they look a lot like me. And but then I was like, well, maybe like they're um Well, they're fucking identical to their dog. Like it's crazy. It's crazy to watch they look like you. <laughs> character is gonna be like Narda, because Narda was like a good girl <laughs> her whole life. And uh, you know, never in problems, never in the principal's office, you know, never uh, the biggest trouble she's ever gotten is a speaking ticket. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So, um, but then, so I was hoping like, oh, they'll be like Narda. They look like me, but they'll be like Narda. But fuck no. Wrong old. <laughs> yeah. So we're in for nice, nice treat. But Guys, I, mean, the good I think thing all is, of us, you know, we're going to have the kids that are going to try to slip one on yeah. us, man. We're yeah. just going to have to look out for it. Yeah. Probably, I mean, the good thing is we're only is here real. for like another three weeks. So we're like working with a daycare so now um instead of having like for instance like sundays off um i'm gonna have both my off days during the week so they don't go to daycare for two days out of the week so they only go into daycare for three days to try to kind of mm-hmm. you know ease the because we only have three weeks left and if they get kicked out of daycare like we have no one over here and she works i yeah. work so it's like if uh if they get kicked out before we we move you know, one of us is going to have to basically lose their job. And, uh, mm. Damn. So that was pretty bad. Like it, it was to the point where they're like kind of giving us a warning, like if this continue to happens, but we'll see how this week's goes. But, um, yeah, I'm like, God damn it. When I got the phone call, I was like, yep, those are my daughters. Problem solvers, man. <laughs> Y'all get it down. Y'all get it down. I'm sure it, it always works out for the best. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't, you make it fucking work. That's the whole point of it, man. Yeah, I'll be all right. I'm not too worried about it. Yes, sir. Can't worry about it until it happens, so we'll see what's up. See, we were kind of talking, like, a little bit of, like, roles as far as, uh, I guess, like, in the marriage and stuff. Would you say, like, you're more traditional as far as, like, women do more womanly things? Men keep up with, like, taking care of the family and doing things like that? Or what, what do you think about, like, that whole... So, for instance, my, yeah, my, my grandparents, obviously, like, they were very old school. My grandmother, she would cook, she would clean, she would wash, she would do your bed. Like, that's – every time I was over there, she would always do that. I would try to help her in the kitchen. I would get pushed out because men have no no place in the kitchen. Obviously, Mike mm-hmm. doesn't because this man loves to cook, and I've seen this cooking. Like, it's, it's dope. But, yeah, it, it's yeah. just kind of like that sort of dynamic where I, I feel like it's kind of dying off, and it's not it's not as uh, present in, in today's relationships. You know, like there's – women can do what men do now, and men can do what women, whatever, you know, that kind of sort of thing going on. I've, I've talked to my family and, uh, you know, even like, you know, cousins and all that. They tell me, dude – and they say this because we, even my dad, he wasn't as, he, he had that more traditional role of like, hey, I'm going to take care of the kids and mom takes care of you, so on and forth. Yeah. And I saw him when I got a little bit older, probably around seven or eight is when he was more around and I wanted to be around to learn things that men do, like fix, fix a tire, change brakes, cut the grass, you know, just simple things that, you know, upkeeping of what a man would do around the house, things like that. Yeah. 
and uh, in my life now, from what I've been told is that I'm more of a present father than a lot of people that I do know. And even that our parents now, even my cousins, a lot of them aren't as around as, but according to them, again, for me, I think I'm around all the time, to be honest with you, but they tell me like, dude, no, it's a lot. So in my life, uh, every morning, I wake up at 5.30, 5.45, and I come to work here at this desk that I'm sitting at now. Yeah. And in this time that I'm here, I'm already trying to wake up my oldest to get ready for daycare. I'm sorry, daycare. I said, uh, he's a pre-K now. Get ready for pre-K. So I'll wake him up. I'm working. You know, I'm, you know, checking emails, putting uh, putting presentations together, whatever I got to do. And I'm waking him up. I'm getting him dressed for school. Prior to my wife working where I work now, uh, she would work at home. So I would have to take him to school. But now she's taking him. But she has to get ready for work. So I'm getting him dressed from top to bottom, waking him up, brushing his teeth, getting him dressed, combing his hair, all that good stuff. And she takes him. While she's gone and goes to work in the office, I'm here working, taking care of my youngest. He's still asleep, I'm waiting for my mother-in-law to get here, which God bless my mother-in-law. She's she's here and helps me out a lot. Otherwise, I'd be paying oh, yeah. for a daycare. She shows up about 7.30, no, that's, yeah, about 7.30, 7.45. And in that time that my wife leaves, which is about 6.45, 7, I'm at work, but then I got to get dressed. I got to get ready for it because I got to be in the office now. Exactly. So I'm getting dressed, working. I'm done. She gets here. I'm in the office. I come back at one o'clock because she has to go to work. I'm taking care of my youngest and I'm still finishing my job. I work till 2.30 now. I have I have gotten to a place in my career to where I can make my schedule that way to benefit me. That's but what's up, man. From one to two from, from one to two thirty, I'm working, but my, my youngest is already either awake or he's waking up and I gotta change diapers, get him ready, entertain him for a little bit. 2.30 comes around. I'm done. I'm taking them in my truck. I'm picking up my oldest from uh, pre-K. I'm taking them out to eat. I usually, I try and do like Tuesdays and Thursdays, like where kids eat free. Like, you know, okay. like, like yeah, yeah. or something like yeah. that. And I'll go out with them, hang out with them till about 4 o'clock, 4.30, come back home. So again, from 1 o'clock to already 4 to 4.30, we finally get back home and I'm watching the kids. My wife doesn't get home till about 5.15. Yeah, about 5.15 is usually when she gets home. That's amazing, so, man. That that sounds like a hell of a lot of shit, but it's it like routine. The presence of the father figure around it. That's amazing, bro. Like And that's yeah. my biggest thing as I'm there for them. I try and have at least an hour or two with them when we're eating lunch together. And when I talk to them again, it sounds very traditional. Some people may say uh, it's a uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like, oh, it's like a, the macho thing, whatever. I don't know how they phrase it these days. But I'm there with my sons when we're eating, and they want to act a certain way. I'm like, "Hey, y'all are with you're with the big boys now. Are you?" And talking to my oldest, like, "Are you a big boy? Because you're with the boys right now. You got to behave a certain way." Yeah. And there's a total demeanor change with things. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be with my dad. I'm gonna act like a big boy. I'm gonna behave, quote unquote, like a man. You know, like control yourself, conduct yourself accordingly. And that's me talk, talking in those words with you. But for me, it's just simple as, "Hey, son, are you, are you a big boy or not? Because you're with the big boys today." Yeah. Don't act this way. Okay, Dad. And we're there. We have a great time. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of back and forth for me, and I do it for my wife because I know she's in a position now to where she has to be in office, and she just started the job, and I wanted to do very well. I want as little stress on her to where I can give her that luxury. Like, hey, all you need to focus is on work, and when you get home, just help me watch the kid. Just bathe one of the children, and I'll bathe the other. We we had that routine of of me doing a little bit more and that's okay. I'm okay with that because she needs it right now. That's the team Romo piece of it. Like, Hey, okay. we're going to give and take right now. You need this and I'm going to be here so you can have it. That's right my on. job oh, yeah. as being your husband, you know, but when it comes to the main roles, I mean, she still washes clothes. Uh, she, she cooks every now and then we usually eat out cause we just don't have time to cook. But when she does, she makes great food. Uh, she'll clean up every now and then we have a housekeeper that comes every two weeks anyway. So that's kind of nice, but she'll pick up anyway. Uh, and then, like the other stuff, like I'll clean the garage, I'll cut the grass, I'll do all the maintenance as much as I can, just the manlier things uh, yeah, of a role, kind of maintenance but, type stuff around the but, house and shit. Yeah, the the traditional part, as far as like a man versus a woman, it really just breaks down to her doing the the cooking, the washing, and sometimes cleaning. We we really don't need to clean that often because we have that housekeeper. But those that's that's as traditional as it gets. Everything else, it feels yeah. like it's a little bit more uh, uh, progressive. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, you kind of feel the same way. Well, so a thing about like the whole 
you know, traditional and stuff like that, that, that pretty much is dead. Um, not just because of new perspectives in marriage, but financially it's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you want to, unless you want to live in extreme poverty and only have one worker, um, uh, you know, one partner working and, I don't know or if, that's possible if that anymore. one, or if, if one partner is, you know, to mate, you know, is, is his job is, you know, 200,000 a year. So yeah, crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you want one partner to, well, unless you're willing to live in pretty much poverty, right? So your partner can stay home and you work, you're not going to make any money. So you'll, you know, basically live off scraps, but you'll have that person at home all day. Mm-hmm. Um, or if one partner is, is extremely successful and is able to do that. So the majority of the country is not that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so there right there is dead, right? I think in the last podcast I said that um, if you're making, I'm sorry, if the people who are making $100,000 a year in 1980, you would have to make $300,000 a year. to match that so your buying power in 1980 with a hundred thousand dollars would be $300,000 that you would have to be making to match that so so there so that just kills everything right Mm -hmm. because I mean um, the restaurant industry is a you know there's a lot of money in it and um, I do very well for myself but Number one, my wife wants a career in education, and that's what she wanted to do. But um, so she does, you know, work and everything. But if I mean the money that you need to live comfortably, and you know, be able to go on vacations, drive nice cars, live in a good neighborhood, have a nice house, yep. um, take yeah, have your kids go to a respectful school district or respectful, you know, uh, private school, whatever that is, it's nearly impossible to have it with a one income household nowadays so that right there kills so much so obviously if the woman is having to work then the man can't be like well you know your job is the house it's like Mm -hmm. well motherfucker i'm working too right yeah so in my in in my in our household um i help clean i help uh i i'm the one who gets the girls ready in, in the morning I take them to school, so I, w- I wake up at the same time my wife does, but she wakes up to go to to work. Yeah. So we get up 6, 6.30, somewhere around there, and then she gets ready for work. I get the girls ready for school. Um, I get them dressed. I take them downstairs. I make them breakfast. I feed them, um, take them to daycare. I come back home, get dressed for work, go to work, and, um, you know, <clears throat> The money's very good, but the hours suck in the restaurant industry. So I, I won't get home ninety uh, percent of the time until ten o'clock. So I'm out of my house, let's say eight a.m., and I won't get back until ten p.m. So my wife gets off somewhere around four ish, something like that. Picks up the girls, brings them back home. She cooks dinner for them. You know, she eats. If, uh, you know, if, if it's the night that she needs to bathe them, she bathes them. Um, but we take turns bathing them too, you know, on, on the days that I'm off, I'll bathe them. But, um, you know, but, you know, I'll come home late at 10 and I see that, you know, the kitchen's dirty. Fuck it. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Wash the dishes, clean the kitchen, maybe pick up some toys, this, that, whatever. So just the next morning we have a clean kitchen to come to. Um, so it's a give and take, but she does like, she does do a big blunt of it. She does like the laundry, for instance, like big, uh, I, I hardly ever touch laundry. Um, I'll put some loads in maybe like that and just kind of leave it. But for the most part, she likes me just doing the cleaning, a lot of the cleaning, like the kitchen, living room, the, yeah. uh, the dining room. Um, and then just kind of, you know, helping her with the girls in the morning. And, and then that, and while my day's off, obviously I'm just with them all day. But uh, but as far as like the traditional, my point is like that's pretty much dead, unless yeah. you know you're hyper successful and you can afford you know high society type shit. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a lot more of a it's a give and take these days. So, I'm sure if there was a point in time for you, Mike, though, where uh, you needed more from her, she would do it. Kind of vice versa, like same with me. Like if 
right now, again, it seems like a lot for me, but I want my wife to get what she wants and needs that when the time comes and I want to do what I need to do, like for school and all that, mm-hmm. she would in return do it for me. It's just a team effort, man. It's no, you're this role, I'm this role. It's a 50-50. We make it work for everyone to be happy. So it's That's challenging, so, but it is, it's how it's how you have to do it. Yeah. I do most of the cooking though. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. I was about like, to say, like, like a, I'll, I'll meal prep for her so she can have something to eat, you know, on her lunch the next. Day. I mean, you just you you can come like the next uh what the chef Borrd bro. Just start fucking doing your meal prep. Send them out. Like you could freeze them. People will order them and shit. You could ship all over the U.S. Yeah, uh, there's a huge market in prep. Uh, um, uh, Nobody wants to cook. <laughs> well, and then no one can cook. Then, yeah, well, no, no, I mean, because it's a lot more labor intense if you're cooking something, you know, not only delicious but also good for you, right? Yep. It's not right. like popping a pizza in the oven or you know just grilling up some hot dogs on the stove or something like that. Um, so there's a huge market for for prep uh, 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 prep meals or meal prep, I should say. Um, I have thought about a concept that basically was uh, a restaurant that only like did delivery some meal prep. So it's like a local restaurant. And um, anyway, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, I, I, I know there's a huge market. It's crossed your it. mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, there is a huge demand for it, uh, especially, especially because most couples work, you know, jobs and have kids, you know, it's not easy coming home and then cooking a fresh meal every single night. And then the thing that sucks about it is you you got to clean too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cleaner. Nobody likes cleaning up, bro. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So, yeah, there's a huge market. But, Damn. yeah. You know, I have to praise both of y'all because, you know, whoever's watching, whoever listening, like that, that is the shit right there that's going to – the, these are the lines right here these are the points these are actually something that's gonna help you be successful just communication being a better parent being a better you know as far as a partner as well and um kind of living like by that standard like hey you know you scratch my back i'll scratch yours basically right like your your wife is doing something yeah. you got to help her out if you're doing something you got to keep in mind she's going to do the same for you so it, it's a real give and take now kind of society where like you said, if you're not bringing in the millions, which a lot of us aren't, like, you know, we're still considered, like, that middle class, lower class, whatever you want to call it, because it's, come on, guys, we got, you know, cars, we're blessed to have what we have, you know, the houses that y'all have, guys, but it's still, we're, we're like, the bottom of the totem pole, man, like, Bro, I, I just... Three, three, four years ago, I thought I was doing great, now I'm just right above the poverty line at this point in my life, bro, come like on, it's... shit. <laughs> Yeah, man. I wish I had my salary back in 1980. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, like, I'd be I wish I made what I made. America. For real. I'd be I wish I make what America. we make now back in when we were born. Then I'd be fucking golden, bro. Fuck. <laughs> uh, you know, Good even even back then, like, do you think it's gotten more violent? Like, it, it just, you know, we've been talking about marriage and talking about children and stuff. Like, what do you think of, like, how... Every time I fucking wake up, dude, there's there's like a mass shooting. I just my wife just told me like I came from Brownsville and there was literally a fucking guy that ran in through like the immigration where they keep all the immigrants and stuff and this dude just ran over like eight fucking people. And it it's just like I hear shootings, Bro, people going and shooting the schools and back then, uh <laughs> social media wasn't a thing like we grew up in a time where we, we were fortunate yeah. enough to be in that group where pagers were still around and pay phones were still around fuck a pager <laughs> early, early, yeah no shit right early 2000s is when uh the internet came around and then the society these days i could have probably put a number on it but when you really think about it society these days when you see the crazies the people shooting people doing this i don't know the number on it but they're Probably not older folks. You're not looking at 40, 50, 60 year olds generalizing. It's people that know that they're going to be put on the internet. They're going to be in the spotlight of a hideous crime. So kind of like that 10 I seconds think, of fame type shit. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be put in the spotlight, you know, because it's it's the world these days. The news 
the information is in a split second. It's in the palm of your hand. You got a fucking cell phone. You can read what comes up right away. Click and because me. that's available, yeah. because it's so easily influenced by how the narrative is written, somebody will write a headline to make it spin a certain way versus just giving the actual facts that it gets people outraged. And that outrage creates violence to create more violent people. And I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember growing up, there were still mental institutions around. And I don't know when that ended. But what I do know is that we have a lot of mentally unhealthy people in the world that need help. And there's a lack of mental health options here in the United States. I don't know anywhere else. I just could only talk about here. But all these people that hurt people, there's an opportunity to help them before it happens. And Agreed. I don't know where that begins. I don't know where that is. But, you know, people say gun violence is a thing. Well, someone has to pull the trigger. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not the the gun doesn't fire by itself. So is it necessarily gun violence or is it that somebody is just mentally unwell to where they want to harm people? And I myself, I'm a gun owner. I have many guns and I don't ever want to have to use my weapon ever, 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 ever. Why is it that we have people with weapons that want to hurt people that, you know, when we talk about school shootings, you go to a school, it's a gun-free zone. Why do you want it to hurt people that are unarmed? Because you know there's going to be no retaliation. You know nothing's going to happen to you until it does. You know, at some point you're going to get gunned down, but you want to hurt people before they can do that to you. Yeah. that That's a mental health issue to where you want to hurt people that have no way to defend themselves against you. You want to have that power over somebody for a split second in time, there's something wrong with you when you want to control people like that, you know? No, for sure. But that breaks down to the, uh, the, 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 there needs to be more mental health options before there is any type of control or anything else. There's a lot of mental, mental health issues these days. Not just talking about gun control. There's numerous things, you know, people wanting to believe who they are and it's, you know, mm. biologically not who they are, things of that nature, you know? <laughs> What yeah yeah facts I don't I don't even know what to say about you know honestly it I know both of y'all like I've heard Miguel you know it, opinions on certain things I feel like it doesn't bother me I I really don't care what you want to do with your life if you want to be a girl and you're a man if you want to be a man you want to be a girl I just feel at times it's taken a bit too far you know uh sports the whole pronoun thing i i don't understand it and it's not the fact that i haven't learned about it you know what i mean like i i I know what you're talking about like the pronouns and stuff i just i just don't get it it doesn't go through my head and i don't want to go by that like i respect you i i respect the whole fact that you want to do that obviously we're in america freedom of speech you could do what you want to do with your body you know what i mean but I just, it's not that I don't approve. I just, I, I, me personally, it's not something that, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna hate you for it. Uh, if that's what I'm trying to get at, you know, be you. Everyone's to gonna be different. When it comes to competition, that's my biggest qualm with it, man. It's like now you're competing against, and again, you can, you can believe who you want to believe yourself to be. Yep. But at the end of the day, that's your belief, and it's not facts. It's not who you actually are. Yeah, you I know. the whole swimming thing and the the, the whole well, yeah, it's yeah. You got trans people, trans trans women, men who become women, believe they are women. You can't compete against women who are women when when you look at you can say you take all the all the supplements and the hormones to change your biology, but you're you you change your biology when you're a grown adult at this point. Yeah. How much are you actually changing at this point when you've already become who you are? And again, it may not be who you think you are, who you believe to be, and I'm not taking away anyone's belief of who they are, but at the end of the day, you're you're a a male species versus a female species. Your genetics are male. You're naturally stronger, you're naturally faster, exactly. your bones are naturally denser yep. than a woman's. And that's just that's just biology, bro. So again, if you want to do that on your own time, cool. But when you start trying to compete and you're saying that you're a woman, you are going to have the advantage. And that is wrong to me. You're always. Taking away you, you will always from have women, the advantage. From, from biological women. Again, I'm not going to say true women because that's, that's not 
I don't want to be wrong in that aspect. You're yeah. taking away from biological women who don't have that biological advantage, even though you may say it's not an advantage now. You had 20 plus years to grow as you were a man before you decided to transition to who you want exactly. to be. Yeah. You have the advantage. And one that ruins fucking betting for me, because at this point, if I'm going to bet, it's going to be on the trans. I'm going to make that money. Uh, <laughs> you fucking asshole. I'm going to make that money, baby. Come on now. Damn. It's, it's unfair to the women, the, the biological women that work their ass off to be where they are. To be outshined by some somebody who just became a woman in their in their own eyes, for sure. So, I've been thinking about because you gotta you gotta be careful what you say and how it comes off. Yeah, a lot of times in these topics, because a lot of stuff can be construed and, and chopped up, and then the whole thing is out of context. Yeah, but I will start the conversation of this topic with. I'm not Republican and I'm not Democrat. If you were to put a label into my beliefs, it would be a conservative libertarian. And by that means is you are free to do whatever you like with For yourself. Sure. And that's it, right? Now, 100%. that doesn't mean that I have to play your game. I don't have to agree with you. That doesn't mean disagree. that yeah. you are going to be able to force your way into my family. And that doesn't mean that we are now all having to bow down to your ways. Right? Okay. Imagine yeah. imagine how upset that side of the aisle would be if uh, we were secretly taking children and getting them baptized, yeah. right? And and we're yeah. like, you know, just trying to make all these kids Christian, right? Imagine how mad that side of the aisle would be. So now you flip the script and now you're hearing about, number one, children's getting taken to drag shows or children having these conversations with their teachers or children having these books present at um, either like the book fair or the library. And then just talking about subjects that number one, isn't really the space to be talking about. And number two, those aren't your children. If anybody's gonna have a conversation, it should be left to the parents. Thank you. When, Agreed. if, and how much Agreed. they should uh, talk yep. to them about that, right? It's, it's your Secondly, it is much more than just competition. Now, as a father of girls, two girls, if they choose to go into sports, if they choose, right? I'm going to show them all of the things that I love, all of the sports that I love, all of the hobbies that I love, um, you know, from basketball to football to cars, Formula One, take them to the Cowboys game, take them to an NBA game, you know, and then let them kind of grow into what they want to go into, right? Um, so let's say they do choose to go into sports and they work very hard, very hard to get to where they're at, kind of like that swimmer, right? The power lifters that are getting cheated out of their titles, the swimmers that are getting cheated out of, out of their titles. Um, the, runners, mean, the, cyclists, the, I, the runners, the cyclists, the runners, the cyclists. That came up earlier, yeah. And then what if they're into combat sports or physical uh, physical um, competitions like, you know, obviously combat, but also, you know, even basketball, soccer. Um, Overall and physical then competition. you take it a step further, and then you take it a step further. Not only are they now just competing with these biological men, I don't care how many puberty blockers you've taken, you still have more muscle mass, you still have denser bones, you're still a man um, at the end of the day. So then not only that, right? Not only do you have hey, to compete. Mike, real quick, I'm sorry to, to stop you. You want to see if you could, like, restart your camera? Because it's kind of just, like, lagging pretty bad the last couple minutes. Like, just maybe mute your camera and then, like, bring it back. How do I mute my camera? Uh, let me uh, see. So, I, yeah, it's right there. The little on the... camera icon, yeah. There you go. The little camcorder-looking thing. And then just try to... There I you th go. Yeah, there you That's go. Good. Is that better? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So you're saying physical competition. Having, yeah. Now they're also having to share a locker room with them. Yeah. And there's already cases popping up of people taking advantage of this. Um, did you did you hear about video. there was a for college the dude went into a sor- sorority and it, he was walking around with a boner like yeah you I know if, if you're a woman I get it they they invited you but that's that that is very extreme you do not go walking around invading you know girls privacy especially like if my daughter for say you know was in something like that I I would be pissed. It's a creeper, no, you know. No, but there's there's something even worse than that. Um, there's a, a, a video taken by the girls in there of the trans man, trans woman in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or trans woman. Yeah. Sorry, I got it backwards. Yeah. Um, so there's my also now. So that's I got a problem with that. The bigger problem now is something that is that already has happened in Canada where a confused, uh, I think it was a little girl. Yeah, it was a confused little girl who wanted to take testosterone and all these other boosters to become a boy. She thought she was a boy or wanted to be a boy. The dad disagreed with it, didn't want to do it. The Canadian government said it is their right. The dad, up until my knowledge right now, I kind of check up on it from time to time, is sitting in jail because he was against a transformation for, I believe, a very teen girl. Like, I think it was like 12, 13, maybe 14, somewhere around there. Um, An adolescent. So he's sitting in jail because he stood up to the government and said, no, you're not doing this to my daughter. Obviously, mm. he had his own reasons. You know, she's confused. Everything that's going on. Like, imagine being a kid right now, growing up with all this access, yeah. right? On your phones, social media, it's on TV. You're talking about it now at school. It's like, so what am I? I thought I was a boy. So it's very confusing. So that's where my real scare comes in. Is now yeah. you have states certain states are fighting for that they're fighting for the age consent for like 10 years old well it's so interesting to think about that too that, that 10 year old goes to a liquor store and they say no you're too young you can't buy a bottle of vodka right go to the corner store i want some cigarettes sorry you can't you're, we're you on a slippery scope slippery slope go man to gun well, store. I, I want a gun sorry you got to be 18 for rifles and right. shotguns and 21 for uh pistols can't have one. okay well, how about sex change? I'm 10 years old. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's right. put a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, poison in Hormones. you. And Hormones. Something you and that, that is irreversible. Irreversible. That would do it's interesting way too. much more harm than a packet of Marlboro Reds. Right? I mean, they're bad. They should do it at 10 either or any age. But no. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, how far is this going to go? And well, am I going to have to worry about if knock on wood i was uh, put in a situation where you know like you're gonna be able to take my kids away because i'm against this mm. it's happening in Canada right under states literally voting to accept this and have it as a law well where if, if you don't like you know if, if your if your daughter or son is trying to transition and the school finds out about it, and obviously it goes to, I guess, court or something like that. They're going to be able to take you away, put you in jail. Mm-hmm. Why is this I, where we're at right now? Well, like, you brought up a great point, man. Well, yeah, you brought up the point of like, if this is being allowed for adolescents, people that are not 18 of age, why are we waiting until 18 for the military? Why are we waiting until 18 for tattoos, 21 to buy guns, you know, 21 to buy alcohol and, li- alcohol and, drug- and cigarettes these days? Why are those limited when we're allowing alterations to your entire body, like full-on alterations to change who you are at a younger age? You obviously, oh, you, you got to be 21, to, I'm sorry, you got to be 18 to vote. I mean, some things like that. You're yeah. not... 
you're still growing. It, you're yeah. still growing. According according to the world, <clears throat> you're not fully able to. You're not fully capable of understanding the world or yourself until at least eighteen, according to voting and things like that. Why are we allowing you to make changes to your body before then? Not here, and you know, where, in Texas where we live, where I live at least. But there's other places that are saying that's okay. Like what? Why are we making changes here, but we're not making changes for everything else? And what would the argument be? Well, they're not ready for that. Well, then what makes you think they're ready for this? You know, it's a it it, it it's a very like like Quetzal said. It's a very weird conversation to have. It's like fucking Twilight Zone type shit for me. Yeah. But it's just it's just interesting to think that that's where we are today. And to his point earlier, like again, it be who you are, be who you think you are, be who you want to be. But if I don't agree with it, it shouldn't be that I'm wrong. It's agree to or, disagree. Or, what happened to it? or go to fucking jail because you are being a parent. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, oh, you have yeah. the best no, no, interest. No, no, no. I about that story. That scared the shit out of me. Like, honestly, as mm -hmm. a father, as a new father, that scared the shit out of me. Because I'm like, okay, now we're getting into some territory that. That's in are Canada. You, are you here. here right now? But, but you're are right. But it's, you're right. It's, you're right. it's our neighbor. Yeah. Well, that neighbor, but we already neighbor... have states that are trying to follow that. Yeah, here in the United States. I, so I agree. Like, yeah, what? It's... Every state is run differently, so you know. I, I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying, both of y'all. Yeah. It's just uh, to to put it very, very clear on the table for what those listening. I want everyone to be who they want to be, who they think they are, who they believe themselves to be, for however long they thought they were, they are. Yep. If I don't agree with it, it's not that I don't like you. It's just that I don't agree with it. But in the same aspect, you don't have to agree with me. There's an agree to disagree. There There's you nothing go. wrong with agree to disagree. We can still be friends and have a fucking beer. Exactly. We can, exactly. We can be why? There's why, nothing wrong that, with that in my yes. eyes. I feel like that has just kind of you. You just continue walking it's forward. Like it, it's never. It's, it's either you agree with me or you're the enemy. There's. That's not. That's not the truth. There's many a things that in my life that I've not agreed with somebody, but I still love them. But see, you that's know? a generational change now. Like this generation yeah. nowadays is like you're either with me or against me, like you just said. I, Bro, you know, why? there's so many like, gay why, friends. Why does, yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm. What I'm trying, exactly. Yeah. Entitlement. They're entitled yeah, that's the entitlement piece. That they should sure. never be offended. They shouldn't have any obstacles in their life. They shouldn't uh, have any hardships it's entitlement hard men creates good times good times create soft men soft men create hard times and repeat it's a cycle yeah and, repeat. and right now we're watching i don't mean to get too deep or anything like that but we're watching the fall of rome I'm yeah the roman fall the fall of the roman empire the fall of roman empire that's exactly right but in america yeah. See, so just to yeah, kind of, yeah, or just just to like, you know, get into that, like I, I as far as just child wise, uh, there's something we all grew up with. And uh, I think every, both of y'all would agree. Our parents always told us, you know what, you don't like it when you're 18. There's the fucking door. You could do what you yeah. want when it, you know what I'm saying? It's always you, been 18. So when you feel that you can do it and you want to do it, don't let the fucking door hit you on the way out. Like not to yeah. kick your children out, you know what I mean? But that's that's it, it's it's hard parenting. It's something that I think as far as just like Mexican culture, I guess you could say because all of us obviously um I feel like we kind of get it from that and that goes back to the traditional ways of uh my grandfather being the manly one always taking care of business and obviously it's changed a little bit like we've talked about through the podcast but in ways you know it, it's just you got to stick to your roots sometimes yeah I agree man it's uh it's it is something that uh, and to the entitlement piece that's probably that's a great uh, it's something I really never thought about, Quetos, but you're right. Uh, it, it's the entitlement piece of I can't be wrong. Like, bro, everybody's wrong sometimes, and sometimes you're right, and I disagree, but that doesn't mean that it's the end of everything. Like, we don't – doesn't mean we have to stop talking to each other. Like, what, what, when did that become non-existent there's, to there's another have thing a disagreement? To that is 
the number one currency that we value as a society now is victimhood. So yeah, victimhood. everyone is trying to find to be a victim because they believe there's currency in that. And I can do what I want and this, that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. why? Because I'm a victim of this, victim of that, victim of this. Yeah. And so it gives them some stopped. sort of privilege to, to get away with yeah. things. And it's so no wrong in my head. Like, anymore, people just want to be a victim. It's yeah. a whole well, change of mentality. Martin Luther King, one of my favorites, said it best. And it has to do, it, and, and at the time it was race. But now it's race, gender, ideology, fucking anything you want it to be. Don't judge a person by what they believe in. Judge them. I, I, I'm generalizing now at this point because it used to be don't judge a person by their color of their skin. Mm-hmm. It's don't judge a person by their beliefs, their color, their gender. Don't judge them by anything but their character. That's how you judge a person is their character. In my book, that's always been how I've been. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. We're all human. But if you're not going to treat me with respect, and that respect doesn't have to be something that you agree with. Again, it doesn't have to be that you agree with everything I have to say. You shouldn't treat me wrong based on that because I'm going to treat you with the utmost respect. But the moment that you're telling me that what I'm doing is wrong and you try and say that I'm a bad person, well, then now that you're a bad person because just because I don't agree – doesn't mean we, there can't be a common ground somewhere. Your yeah. character on how you conduct yourself, on how you treat people, regardless if they agree with you or not, how you treat them is how you should be treated. If you're going to berate somebody because they don't agree with you, what makes you think they should fucking respect you? Facts. You're not treating them with any respect your own on yourself. So It's a very fine line these days, but that victimhood piece is, uh, is where it's yeah. at, man. It's the world we live in today. What a time to be alive. So I so we're we're getting to like the time limit and stuff though, but um I think we should kinda wrap up. If anybody has anything else to say, I think we can pick it up for the next episode. Um, you know, get one more person in here if we could. But yeah, um it's honestly just been a, a really good fucking talk. I, it sucks like the last couple minutes, uh Mike actually started glitching out and stuff. So you're having a little bit of like the you know video and audio quality is kind of going down um hopefully we can fix that the next time but if y'all have anything else to say that way we can wrap anything up or say your goodbyes yeah i appreciate anyone who uh, decides to listen i love everybody and uh i love you guys the most for sure y'all are great friends oh yeah all right guys oh yeah, yeah. See you later. let's see